Welcome to Staying the Course. Join us as we navigate the uncompromised Word of God with Pastor Brett Peterson. Amen. Thank you, Scott. Good morning. How's everybody doing? So we were going to tackle the problem of evil today, but I figured out that the 31st Halloween is actually a Sunday. So what a better Sunday to tackle the problem of evil. So I moved that to the 31st. So today we're going to look at creation versus evolution. Uh, the first week of the seminar, we found out that faith is not a blind leap, but it's belief plus proof. Last week, we looked at the Trinity. The first week, we did the introduction. But last week, I made a statement that I have to correct. Thank you, Scott and Tony. <laughs> uh, so um, the verse was this, Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. And by the way, if I ever say anything from this pulpit that needs correction, come up to me and I'll correct it, right? Okay. It says this, I kept looking at the night visions and behold with the clouds of heaven, one like the son of man was coming and he came up to the ancient of days and was presented before him. So we have God the father and Jesus being presented before the father. And to him, Jesus was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away, and his kingdom is one which will not be destroyed. And I said for the first time ever, the Father is going to be in submission to the Son, but the text really doesn't say that. Jesus gets all rule and authority, but most likely not over the Father, just over the created universe. Does that make sense? And that brings us to what we're going to talk about today, creation. I love it. By the way, uh, this building was sold. Applied Medical bought it. They're buying every building in Rancho Santa Margarita. And so be praying. We're looking for a place to move. Uh, I can't wait to see what God has and where we're going to plant. So anyway, just pray that we would go to the perfect spot God wants us to be. Amen? Yeah, so we're not worried about it, but uh, be praying that God would lead us. So today we're going to dive deep into creation versus evolution. Thank you, Colgan. And next week we're going to talk about the Bible and science. And the premise is this. Modern society says there's religion over here and there's science over here and the two never agree. But we will find that science is discovering God. Many physicists and, and quantum physicists and even uh, astronomers are coming to believe in an intelligent designer. It's a whole movement now within the scientific community. So next week, we're going to dive deep into that. How are religion and science compatible and mainly God's word? And we will find indeed they are. If we follow the science, there is only one conclusion. And today we're going to talk about this. There is an intelligent designer and there is no way biogenesis can occur. That's life from non-life. 
that's organic from inorganic. They've never done it. They can't do it. Even if they did it in a laboratory under those specific circumstances and happened to make a molecule of a proton or, or a, a protein, at still biogenesis, non-life to life, can simply not happen. But we're going to go over a whole bunch of stuff today. So in the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, God created the heavens and the earth. And he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. And everything he created, this universe, this world, was good. You know, I love the way the earth rotates. It really makes my day. Do you guys get that? That was a joke. <laughs> I love the way the earth rotates because it rotates. Anyway, that was a bad joke. All right. Psalm 33, 6 says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, the starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded it and it stood firm. The recorded history of creation in Genesis is foundational to everything else. It really answers the tough questions. But folks, the battle of worldviews in the 1800s, secular humanism and that philosophy. By the way, do you know that evolution is not even a theory? It's a hypothesis. E to even to get to the, 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 the place of theory, evolution has not done the science to even make it to theory, it's still a hypothesis, yet in school, it is taught as what? Fact. Yeah, it's even above law. Law isn't even fact. Scientific laws change. Boy, I remember in the 70s, oh man, eggs are bad for you. Uh, you know, you can't eat eggs, or maybe just the egg whites. And then, you know, all of a sudden now today, science says, wait, eggs are really good for you. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's a battle of worldviews, but what are you choosing this morning? I mean, we are in a battle as individuals, as the church, as academicians, as people who study. And many Christians are choosing happiness rather than holiness. They're choosing therapy over theology and science over sanctification and artificial over the authentic and the world over the word and cultural relevance rather than Christ's revelation and passion over purity. You know, I believe we need to choose truth, and truth is out there. Amen? PowerPoint froze. Hold on. Don't you hate when that happens? There we go. So today, uh, creation versus evolution. One of the biggest problems with public schools today is they teach evolution as fact. Uh, they don't give any room for an intelligent designer. And they teach it as fact, and it's shaking the faith of our kids. We need to have answers for them. Mom and dads, grandpa and grandmas, we need to teach our children biblical discernment and truth and how to defend the biblical worldview. We need to stand for truth. We know in Romans chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, it says this, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness, unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. 
because of that which is known about God is evident within them, for God made it evident to them. Evolution is a philosophy. It's a worldview. If you follow the science, there is no proof that it ever occurred. The historical roots of philosophical naturalism reach back to the 16th century. The works of Galileo and Francis Bacon literally laid the foundation for it, and that led to Darwin. And what did Darwin write? What was that book called? <laughs> remember that long name that Dawkins couldn't even remember on live radio? You know, the, 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 the theologian was, okay, yeah, there's Christians that don't know how to answer a lot of theological or biblical questions. And Dawkins said, so they're really not Christians. So then the, theolo the theologian said, all right, Mr. Dawkins, what's the full title of Darwin's work? And he couldn't remember the whole title. And that's his favorite book. So Darwin uh, built his uh, hypothesis, I don't even call it a theory, on the back of naturalism and humanism. Now here's the interesting thing. He was a creationist, he was a Christian, he had faith, he went to Cambridge to get a, a theology degree and join the clergy, Charles Darwin. But his 10-year-old daughter got, they think, we really don't know what it is, but from the description, tuberculosis. She was suffering, and Darwin prayed, God, if you're real, heal my daughter. He had already lost two children as toddlers. He lost his mom when he was nine years old, so his life was filled with tragedy, this Charles Darwin. And guess what the church offered him? Well, it's God's will that your daughter is suffering and going to die and did die. That's God's will. Folks, we live in a fallen world. That's why in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You don't pray for something that is already happening. That would be ridiculous. That would be like me saying, Father God, I pray that we'll be able to have church today. Well, we're already doing it. You don't pray for something that's already going on. That's why we live in a fallen world, and that's why Jesus came to set us free from the domain of darkness, this world, Satan's kingdom, into the domain of light, God's kingdom. Live stream ended. Live stream ended? Yeah. Phone overheated. Yeah. No, just do a comment, Scott, and tell him the video will be posted uh, this afternoon. And I'll put a link on it. Yeah, phone probably overheated. Boy, iPhones are sensitive. You know that? They don't like the heat and they do not like extreme cold. They will shut down, you know. It's too cold. This was the catalyst. All this pain and the church not giving him any answers. I mean, he asked people, even at Cambridge deep theological questions that they just gave, well, you got to take it by faith. So Darwin set out to disprove the need for God. You see, 
No one could figure out how life began or how all the diversity that we see, the species, evolved. So Darwin put his mind to say it wasn't God because there is no God. So who was or what happened? How did we get here? And it started evolution. Dawkins said this. It's absolutely safe to say that if you meet someone who claims not to believe in evolution, notice I love that, to believe in evolution. Folks, it is a belief system. It's not even a faith. It is a blind leap. For those that don't believe in evolution, he went on to say that person is either ignorant, stupid, insane, or wicked, but I would rather not consider that. Many in the world embrace uh, evolution. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3 says, But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. Note this. In whose case the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Folks, they are blinded. They've adapted secular humanism, and folks, they're simply uh, believing a lie. Are fairy tales true? No. No, fairy tales are fairy tales. They're not true. Is the Bible a fairy tale? Absolutely not. In fact, archaeology consistently establishes and proves most of what the Bible has said. The Bible is the most authenticated book out there, but it's really interesting. Dr. Dwayne Geish said this, the concept of a frog being turned into a prince in an instant is a fairy tale. But the assertion that a frog given three million years can turn into a man is considered science. <laughs> Folks, they believe a very long, long fairy tale. And that's what evolution is. It's philosophical humanism. And they actually state this. There are no gods or spiritual realm. There is no life after death. There is no purpose in life. Note this. If we are all a product of random chance, if you really believe in evolution, most of them do not believe in free will. And they don't believe there's any purpose. It's survival of the fittest. There is no free will, I already said that, and no foundation for morality. That's from Dr. Will Provine. So what is evolution based on? Premise number one, there is no God. And so it goes back to how did we get this beautiful world? The aesthetics that are so amazing, the taste, the smells, the colors. It, 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 how did all of this come to be if there is no God, no intelligent designer? Oh, it must have just evolved given billions and billions of years. You know, I love it. In the beginning, they said everything that there is in the universe, all the mass, all the energy, always was. Well, then they figured out the second law of thermodynamics. Everything goes from order to disorder, from energy to less energy, and energy is dissipated. And at some point, everything reaches a state of equilibria. So then they said, oh my goodness, and looking at the stars, how all of them are going away from a central point, they came up with what? 
Big Bang Theory. Oh, yeah, this universe had a beginning. I loved that when that happened. It's like, aha, now we're, now we're agreeing on something. Yes, you say Big Bang, we say God spoke. Boom, the universe came into being. So I love that. So premise number one, there is no God. Premise number three, and I love this. Even though we have no evidence of evolution, they don't. By the way, the fossil record that they say are transitional animals, all of them have failed the test. One was an orangutan. One was uh, uh, infant monkey. Uh, there's one possibly, but it's one bone. And from that one bone, they constructed some kind of pre-between ape and man thing. You can't do that. That's called fantasy. That's called fairy tales. So even they will admit, and I'm going to quote a guy uh, later who is the head paleontologist at the British uh, muse Museum. And he wrote a book on evolution, and a theologian responded publicly, how come you don't have any, any transitional fossils in your book? Not one. He didn't even mention one. And he said, believe me, if there were any, I would have included them in my book. Even though we have no evidence of evolution and systems are interdependent and irreducibly complex and it appears like they were created and designed for a purpose, the fact is there is no God, therefore life from non-life, biogenesis, is a fact and an event that happened. That is their presupposition. That is their blind leap of faith. The science points to a creator. The science points to God. There's really only three choices. One is theism. What's that? That's what we are, Christianity. Hey, there is a God. He created everything, and he created it beautifully. The second option is theistic evolution. How many of you have ever heard of that? Okay, theistic evolution says this. Well, yeah, billions of years ago, God created the, the foundation for what we see now, and then he just sat back and watched it evolve. And he's not active in creation. He's still just watching. It's a big experiment for some God out there that you really can't know. Naturalism is the third choice. There is no God. All of everything we see evolved over billions of years. I have a confession, though. I totally b believe in evolution. Microevolution. Yeah. So that's just simple adaptation. And, folks, what they do is extrapolate from simple ad adaptation. And they theorize it. I hate it even to call it a theory. They hypothesize that since there's micro adaptation within species, there's the possibility of macro uh, evolution between species. Yet there's not one example of that, not one fossil, not one living animal. You, you would think we would see an animal in, in uh, okay, okay, it's been a long time, maybe they're about to evolve, you know? It's never been observed, it's not science. 
as we consider creation, we can't help but determine there is purpose, there's design, there's complexity, and even the scientists see that. Wait till I quote some of these guys. In fact, we know that all life has DNA. What is DNA? It's a program. It's a program, it's a manual that instructs cells and all the mechanisms within a cell. By the way, if you want to see something, uh, pull up Harvard's The Inner Life of a Cell from Harvard University. Look up the video. I've got it uh, on the PowerPoint, but unfortunately you can't see it. That thing, one cell, is a manufacturing plant. And it makes the things, and they have decoders that read the RNA, and the, uh, DNA, and then they have coders that tell the thing what to make and what protein to make and how to make it and how to shape it. It is all a factory. You look at that, and that is like, whoa, in one cell that factory exists? There's little workers that actually on, 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 on these like string things carry stuff. And you see, I, I, I mean, do the other thing. It is, when you look at that, there is no way that could have evolved. It is irreducibly complex. What do I mean by that? You ever hear of the flagellum motor? Okay, the flagellum motor is what bacteria and other um, microorganisms use to get around. The flagellum motor looks exactly like an electric motor, exactly. It has 30 parts. There's a rotor. There's a U-joint with, with a, a filament inside the U-joint to go out so it spins. There's actually the things like an electrical motor. We have those magnets. There's those things around the rotor that spins the thing from electrical impulses within that little bactrum. Folks, it is irreducibly complex. That motor, in order for that organism to live, had to be in existence from when it came to be. Wow. By the way, DNA has 75 million lines of code. And it's binary code. Folks, you cannot have a computer program, and that's what it is, without a programmer. Computer programs do not write themselves. How many of you own a Mac? A Mac has 85 million lines of code. DNA only has 75 million lines of code, and it makes us and every other living thing. That little uh, graphic on your handout, I put that on there, so you can see it. I know that it, the text is really small. <laughs> Even the simplest of life forms, the smallest, the very simplest that we have, have too much programming involved for them to live. About 580,000 letters or base pairs in just the, the simplest one-cell organism. The response of secular scientists. Here, I, I love this. Even if the data, quote-unquote, point to an intelligent designer, 
such a hypothesis is excluded from science because it is not naturalistic. That's S.C. Todd, Kansas State University science professor. Even though the data points to an intelligent designer. Are you a scientist? I, it points to an intelligent designer. Follow the science, folks, if there's any scientists listening. And by the way, the list of scientists embracing an intelligent designer continues to grow. Even though they are ostracized from the scientific community, they still say, I have to follow the science. And the science says there is, there was an intelligent designer. I, I just have to read that quote again. Even if all the data point to intelligent designer, which it does, such a hypothesis is excluded. <laughs> Here's another quote. Biology is the study, note this, of complicated things that have the appearance of being designed for a purpose. Richard Dawkins, Oxford University, atheist biologist. Biology is the study of complicated things that have the appearance of being designed for a purpose. What that is, is observation. Who knows scientific method? Observation is part of it. When the data, when what you observe, the empirical evidence point to an intelligent designer, how dare these fake scientists who don't follow science but myth and fable teach a system of evolution that is contrary to the data that they see. It makes me mad, can you tell? <laughs> Here's another quote. Biologists must constantly keep in mind, note this, that what they see was not designed, but rather evolved. Francis Crick, co-discoverer of DNA. Lines of code back to DNA are impossible without a programmer. I think the case is closed. Should we close in prayer, go to lunch early? No, let's keep going. From the atom to the ecosystem to everything, flowers can't survive without bees. Bees can't survive without flowers. Which, I wonder which came first, you know. The ecosystem is all interdependent. From the parasites that live on other organisms to all the things required for life and food and water as a resource and everything that is in the world, it's all interdependent. Even the atom, the nucleus, right? A proton and a neutron. And the electrons flying around that nucleus, right? It, it, they all need one another. We've never really seen free electrons and protons and neutrons flying around and just whoop, coming together and forming an atom. So you ask the science community, how were atoms formed? How were the periodic uh, elements, how many of them are there, like 60? I forget. Yeah, well, and they make more. But the, it's not all the time. There's like 62, and that's including three that we've made. They're all the elements that make up everything in the universe, about 62. You, you could correct me if I'm wrong, which I am 
because I'm guessing. <laughs> it's under 80. How about that? Where did that come from? Well, when suns were developing deep within the sun, all that heat and all of that, the sun would explode in a supernova and boom, all 60 elements from the periodic chart would fly out of the sun. So how are they made in there? You see, when you take all these elements and you heat them and mix them in a soup and then you explode the soup, you don't get a pizza. You, 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 you don't get, oh, wow, that, that, that one was chicken noodle. Oh, and there's tomato bisque. No, you get nothing. It's, it's all a state of equilibrium. It cannot happen. There are no legitimate transitional fossils. It is impossible for life to come from inorganic materials. Darwinian evolution is simply a hypothesis so that secular humanists can do away with God. And that fundamentally is the main reason they embrace it. Scientific observation all points to an intelligent designer. We heard it from their own lips. Quantum physics, anyone ever study quantum physics? Okay, that'll blow your mind. That is crazy stuff. No, things happen that you would think, okay, that's, how did that happen? You know, they're actually transporting like things from here over to here. I mean, tiny things. Quantum, quantum physics is crazy. Once one quantum uh, physics scientist said this, the more that is learned about quantum physics, the more we discover, note this, its biblical basis and its proof of God's perfect design. Of course, he is a Christian scientist. Not the cult, but a scientist who is Christian. Did I say that right? Richard Freeman, a Nobel uh, Prize winner for quantum electrodynamics, said this. Why nature is mathematical is a mystery. The fact that there are rules of any kind is a miracle. I love it. You know, we've always said scientists are climbing the hill of knowledge and human achievement. And when they finally crust the top, they're going to find a group of theologians and God. <laughs> All right, okay. I'm skipping some stuff, aren't you, aren't you glad of that? By the way, have you ever heard of super string theory? Okay, that what, which holds everything together. You know, they're, they're, even the atom, what holds those together? Well, it's positive and negative forces, and when you bust it, though, what happens? Well, nuclear a nuclear bomb, yeah, it's an atom bomb, you know. Kind of like thing. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 says, For by him, Jesus, all things were created, both in heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, rulers, authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and note this, in him all things hold together. What holds everything together? It's the Holy Spirit of God.
They're still trying to figure out what it is. Look up, again, that Harvard University, The Inner Life of a Cell. You can find it on YouTube. You will see this incredible complexity of one cell. This whole manufacturing facility. It's amazing. Romans chapter 1, verse 20 says, For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power, divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Psalm 53, 1 says, The fool has said in his heart, There is no God. They are corrupt and have committed abominable injustice. There is no one who does good. We already read it is the God of this world, Satan, who blinds their minds. These scientists that I've already quoted that says the data, the appearance, what we are observing points to an intelligent designer, but you just have to remind yourself it all evolved. They're blinded. George Wald said this, however improbable we regard it, given it enough time, it is almost certainly to happen at least once. Time, in fact, is the hero of our plot. Given enough time, you blow up a pre-middle kettle of soup and chicken noodle soup will come out on this side and tomato bisque on this. It just simply cannot happen. But note this. He goes on to say, one has only to wait. Time itself is the one who performs the miracles. <laughs> Sorry, but it doesn't. Dawkins' statement again. Biology is a study of complicated things that give the appearance of having been designed for a purpose. That's his observation. I agree. Dr. Dawkins, you just established intelligent design. Because the empirical appearance, the tangible evidence, points to a designer. Thank you for saying that. Some scientists, and I, we're about to close, now say, well, there's not enough time. Even, even though the, the age of the earth they put is, you know, billions of years, there's simply not enough time for evolution to have occurred. So more than likely, a species from another planet planted us on this earth. Aliens planted us here. Have you heard that one? And then they say punctuated equilibrium. What's that? Punctuated equilibrium. Well, the reason there's no transitional fossils, well, we're going along, and all of a sudden a cataclysmic thing happened. And next thing you know, a monkey gives birth to a human. <laughs> or a dinosaur gives birth to a bird. Folks, evolution is the biggest fairy tale. It is a lie from the pit of hell. And people that believe it, their minds are blinded by Satan himself. When you go to the science, when you follow the observ observable universe, it all points to an intelligent designer. In fact, creator God. The greatest scientist, mathematician, physicist, engineer that ever lived. When you consider
what he's created for us to enjoy. Amen? All right. One more quote, and then we're going to sing. Uh, <laughs> so this evolutionist, they, they have a conference in Chicago a couple of years ago. This was, ooh, wow, 1980. All right, so a lot of years ago. <laughs> he said the central question was whether the mechanism underlining microevolution can be extrapolated to explain the phenomena of macroevolution, one species to another. At the risk of doing violence to the positions of some people at the meeting, the answer can be given a clear no. They believe blindly because they so much do not want to believe in a God. And Satan has blinded their eyes. Folks, next week we're going to look at biblical truth claims and science, and we're going to look at all the science and latest scientific discoveries that point to God. And stuff in the Bible that was written way before we knew it, scientific stuff, that we found out, wow, it's true. Anyway, God bless you. Why don't we stand? Oh, I'm skipping a whole bunch. Might have to hit that next week. In Psalm 66, 4, it says, All the earth worships you and sings praises to you. They praise your name. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Ah, all of creation will worship and serve God. Amen? God bless you. Uh, Father God, we thank you, Lord, for uh, that your word is true. And Lord, in Romans chapter 1, it says, it's evident in what I created that I exist. But the God of this world has blinded the minds of the foolish. So Lord, I pray that you would remove those blinders. God, that some Christians that have fallen away from you because of secular humanism would come back to faith. God, we pray that you would give us strength and wisdom, that you would heal those that are sick, God, that you would bring comfort for those that are anxious. Lord, that you would restore peace and joy to those who are depressed. And God, you would just go before us this week. And Lord, as a church, right now, we uh, agree together and ask you, Lord, that you would show us where you want us to plant. What mission field, what area, if it's a block from here or five miles from here, whatever it is, Lord, show us where you want Living Water Community Church to be situated in the days ahead. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Strengthens and restores my soul, satisfies my need. Thank you for listening to Staying the Course with Pastor Brett Peterson. If you would like a copy of this message or would like to submit a prayer request or comment, Contact us at 949-888-5777 or email us at info at ccbcu.edu. God bless you as you seek and serve him. Remember, stay the course, and we'll see you next week. I love